Look, let's cut right to the chase. We're about to give you the best week two preview ever. But this is a business. You know, it's a business. And we got to keep the lights on. And we got to keep it going. And in order to make money, we need to make money. Patreon.com slash Broto Fantasy if you want the whole episode, if you want to support. We are committed to giving you the best fantasy advice ever. We're committed. We're to have this. We're about to have this mailbag that's going to answer every single one of our patrons' questions. Have your own personal podcast. You could do it. All you got to do is go to patreon.com slash Broto Fantasy, and it says little as $3 a month. And on top of that, the Fantasy Football by Broto app, that gives you every stat you need and every stat you're about to hear is completely free. And the best way to support us So go ahead and download that and tell your friends to download it too. With that being said, week one is in the books. The lowest scoring scoring tight, the TD week one that we've seen in a minute. Tight end too, now that we think about it. Let's see what week two has to offer. I'm here. I'm with my bro. I'm ready for week two. Let's get it going. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com and the Fantasy Football by Brodo app, the only tool you need to dominate fantasy football. Michael, Michael, back from Vegas, back from one of the longest odysseys uh, to to a Jets game ever. It's me. It's Mike. It's the Patron boys. You know us. You love us. It's your first. If it's your first time, welcome in. If it's not, welcome back. Michael, tell the people about your 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 journey on Sunday. Yeah. On, on well, Monday. What up, Tim? I'm happy to be here again. Um What's up, Mike? apologies to the bro. Yeah, apologies to the people for missing um week one. I was in Vegas, as Tim mentioned, for the FFPC live events, which is always a ton of fun, but also a ton of work. So I don't have the time to uh participate, unfortunately, in the Broto week one festivities. But yeah. I'll schedule to come home Sunday night on a red eye, get back to New York 6 a.m. We have the Jets game at 8.15 at MetLife. It's going to be a heck of a day. Um, my 9 p.m. flight in Vegas gets pushed back to 2 a.m. I'm like, well, that stinks. I go to the airport at like 12. At 1 o'clock, it gets canceled. I wait online for two hours to speak to a JetBlue attendant to figure out what to do next. I go back to the hotels. All the hotels are booked. <laughs> I go back to the airport at 5 a.m. And now there's a long ass security line. I'm with Kevin, at least a, a pal of mine. So we're not alone doing all this. We go to a a lounge. Like we'll, we're like, we'll pay for this lounge. Could we stay here? And they're like, oh, it needs to be three hours before your flight. So you got to come back at eight. And we're like, goodness gracious. So we go and just sleep on chairs, then go to the lounge at eight o'clock. And then the. The uh the flight home was supposed to leave at like nine fifty, gets pushed back to like eleven, and then it's all set and ready to go basically. And then the jet bridge, the thing that connects the airplane to the to the terminal thing for people to just walk in and out malfunctions and we need to switch gates. And it's just like, yo. And then in the air, there's a storm. So we have to reroute and add twenty minutes to the flight. <laughs> I ended up landing at uh Newark Airport at eight twenty, and then my wonderful girlfriend who is uh, one of the kindest humans in the world picked me up and drove me straight to MetLife, which is like a 20 minute drive, very close. Um, and I missed the first quarter, but I got there um, right around. I got there at the end, beginning of the second quarter ish. You know, I had to run across the <laughs> the uh, parking lot to try to k- get to you guys. About 10 minutes left in the second quarter, and I was sitting down with my bros and my pal Max. 
So it was wonderful to see Michael show up with the game, even though that game had a very somber feeling. So, Michael, yeah, welcome back, sir. We love tremendous, tremendous win, though. Let's go. Tremendous win. Tremendous win. One of the one of the better games I've been to. (laughs) It went from one of the worst games ever. And I got to tell you guys this, too, not to not to get too personal, but I was at the Chris Tapps Porzingis busted his knee for the Knicks game. The last game Chris Tapps Porzingis ever played for the Knicks. I was at the game when Jacob DeGrom was pitching um, against the Cubs and he was on pace to break the strikeout record and then needed Tommy John. I was, And now I was at the game where Aaron Rodgers tore his Achilles. I'm yeah. starting to think I should never go to a game ever again. Bro, I have a, a Jets quarterback run as well. Um, I went to the Sam Darnold seeing ghosts game. And then I went to the Mike White breakout game against Cincy, where he won, he won like 35-32. Then I went to the Thursday game against the Jags last year, where Zach Wilson got replaced by Chris Strevler. And then I go to this game where Aaron Rodgers gets hurt. Every single time, something either fantastic or really bad happens with the QB. Well, we should not go to games anymore, Michael. Let's stay home and let's put ourselves in a bubble. Uh, but it went from one of the worst games ever for three and a half quarters to one of the best games ever when... Not for nothing, Zach Wilson led a comeback. He made a couple of really nice plays, got out of some sacks, got his got his wide receivers the balls in some good spots. That spot. Garrett Wilson catch. Whew. The Garrett Wilson catch, which we'll we'll hit we'll hit it a little more. I I, I don't want to give away too much. Um, but we'll be talking about the Jets future as well. But let's talk about Aaron Rodgers, just in the case of Aaron Rodgers. That's the first piece of news. We haven't talked about that yet. Michael, what what are you feeling? How are you feeling about Aaron Rodgers and how are you feeling about this Jets season and this Jets offense now that he's, uh, you know, a lot of people I hear have been calling this the most devastating injury in the history of football. Like people have said that because it's like the amount of hype and the amount of news coverage over the summer to just have it not come to fruition at all. To be like, not even four plays, four plays, four plays. One of them was a throwaway and one of them was a, sack that caused the injury and two runs not even attempt to Garrett Wilson and you know you look back at that p- touchdown pass that Aaron Rodgers threw in the preseason uh to Garrett Wilson and he's like one of many one of many and it's just like oh man like I I respect I respect people who do that but there's something about it that just is like oh man it's like don't jinx it and kind of I feel like it kind of jinx because if you look at the future of the Jets, like if, if Zach, the worst thing that could happen for the Jets is Zach Wilson plays halfway decent this season because he's either terrible and we move on or he's the backup again and Aaron Rodgers comes back next year or he's halfway decent. He's going into his fifth year. He wants to be a starter and we have to decide between one year of a 41 year old off an Achilles injury or another year of the former number two pick who seems to be making an ascension. No. That's that, not gonna happen. It's Aaron Rodgers' team next year if he comes back. Hundred percent. What if Zach Wilson throws like thirty touchdowns? What if he uh, look, bro? Look, if he throws thirty touchdowns, fine by me. Then, like, you know what I mean? On, like, then you gotta, then you really gotta consider, like, all right, Aaron, peace out. Like, thanks for being a movie uh, star for three he's months. Gonna, he's gonna, he's gonna game manage. That's how it's gonna go. We're gonna we'll lean see. on Hall and Cook. Garrett Wilson gets some throws. Yeah, we'll talk about it. One thing that uh, broke right before we were about to get on air is that 
The hottest waiver wire pickup, someone that we're going to be talking about in the second half of the show, Puka Nakua was added to Thursday's injury report with an oblique issue. Yeah, of course aye, he was. Yeah, yeah. He got a limited practice in. Obviously, you're monitoring this for Friday's practice report, but you know, it, there's people who dropped as much as like 60% of their fab more. to get this guy. Yeah, or even more. Um, I mean, what's your thoughts here? What's your pivot? What's it gonna what's it for you? Yeah, I mean, he was a bright spot in a really, really, really ugly week one. Like I, we were watching those week one games or, and I was just like, I don't understand what's happening right now in these football games. I think it has a lot to do with the fact that players these days just completely skip the preseason. Um, they're basically the first time playing legitimate football outside of practice is in an NFL game. And week one is probably a um, very rusty because of that. Maybe players start playing in the preseason again. Because week one was a uh, was disgusting football. Um, the NFL needs a, a better product than that. Um, but Puka Nakua, like you mentioned, was one of the uh, bright spots. Fifth round pick out of BYU. Shout out to him for making such an immediate impact. Obviously, the Cooper Cup injury opened things up for him, and he looked like he was going to stay in that role for as long as Cooper Cup was out. And now, who knows with this injury? If he's out week two, this is like this is a fifth round rookie who it was already like let's see if he could do it two weeks in a row. If he misses time now it just becomes more and more likely that he doesn't repeat that week one performance. But for his sake and for everyone's sake, because it's a great story, hopefully he's he's all right and is able to return quickly. So I am going to talk more about Puka Nakua in the second half of the show when we're talking about our um, three week one overreactions that we're buying into mm. and three week one overreactions that we are selling mm. uh, each. And also, we are good taking a deep dive into our rankings. All right. So um, that's what you have to look forward to in the second half. And of course the mailbag where we answer all of our patrons questions. Um, yeah. I, I think this does excite me about if, if you were one of the people who uh, picked up Tutu Atwell, uh, it's, it's, it's important to say that Tutu Atwell also had over a hundred yards, also had a great game, uh, also had plenty of targets, five catches. So if you were one of those people who are like, I'm not going to spend up on Puka, but instead I'm going to get, uh, Tutu, and now, by the way, best names in the entire NFL, Puka, Tutu, and Van. Like, it's like they're the weirdest group of names in the history of the NFL. But The issue um, with uh, Tutu Atwell is that it's like his third year, and he's never really done it before, which is a lot different from Puka doing it in his first ever game. Very true. That's why I preferred Puka, but... Um, yeah, a lot of a lot of my leagues didn't get a chance to to bid on Puka because I had him on my roster. Puka, it was really nice. Um... Yeah, so I'm hoping that he could play. I'm playing him if he plays. Uh, I'll talk more about Puka uh, later in the in the podcast. All right, let's go over to the, some more news. Going to be a lot of injury updates as well. Jacoby Myers, concussion, remains sidelined for Thursday. This is not good in terms of the concussion protocol. It looks like Jacoby Myers is going to miss. After Jacoby Myers had an incredible first game uh, with the Raiders. Devontae Very solid Adams, debut, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Devontae Adams, on the other hand, Return to practice. Uh, what are your thoughts on these Raiders wide receivers? Uh, Devontae Adams is going to play if he's practicing on Thursday. Um, he's a veteran. That's just what he does. If Jacoby Myers is out, you can't really trust anyone uh, outside of uh, Devontae Adams. Anyways, Jacoby Myers was already kind of like a wide receiver three flex question mark going into the season. So it was very cool to see him have a huge game um, to start. But yeah, definitely a, a Devontae Adams type uh, big hundred yard, maybe 
touchdown or so game could be in the cards after a, a high target share week one, but a low production. It looks like Travis Kelsey is on the way back, limited in Thursday's practice. How are you feeling about Travis? Uh, I mean, not really about Travis, but do you think this kind of upgrades the the people around him? No, no one was really able to get anything done uh, without Travis Kelsey taking up most of the protection. Uh, what do you think? Does this, yeah. I, like a guy like Jarek McKinnon, all of a sudden sounds a lot better to me with Travis Kelsey on the field. I just hate, um, I hate excuses so much in fantasy football, like, like Justin Fields, for example, like excuse after excuse, look at his own line, look at his weapons. Oh, Allen Robinson, you know, he didn't try last year. He's going to go in this year. Stop just making up excuses. We saw what the chiefs did opening night. That receiving core is absolute trash. They need Travis Kelsey. Can they succeed more when they have Travis Kelsey? Yeah, probably because Travis Kelsey's on the field. But the fact that they were as hard as they were without Travis Kelsey, it was an embarrassing performance. Kadarius, Tony, Sky Moore, like the entire team was just disgusting. Jarek McKinnon only had one catch. I don't know where that came from. Isaiah Pacheco caught like five balls. Um, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire got the first rush. Like that backfield looks like a mess. We were, we were off Pacheco, but we were on McKinnon right now. It looks like both of them are probably avoidable type players. But yeah, that wide receiver room was a was a joke week one, and I don't. I don't foresee any of them really turning it around unless something crazy happens. Jerry Judy with his hamstring was upgraded to a full practice on Thursday's practice. Hey, we have some thoughts about Jerry Judy, but we're going to save those thoughts because we do have a, um, a patron who asks us a Jerry Judy specific question. So we'll get to the Jerry Judy uh, question on the, for the, um, the mailbag. So stick around for that. Uh, Romeo, cool. Romeo Dobbs, uh, he was limited in Thursday's practice, but they're probably just making sure that he doesn't re-injure his hamstring. Um, last think, week, he had four catches for 26 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, how are you feeling? Um, yeah, how are you feeling about Romeo Dobbs, who, you know, only 20 snaps should be noted last week. Yeah, I think Watson missed practice again, right? Aaron Jones missed practice. So if Watson and Aaron Jones are both out, then Romeo Dobbs does become a little bit more of a uh, interesting target there um i'm not a big romeo dubs guy at all i mean the guy had 26 yards last week but he did have very two uh two nice touchdown catches um where he got out he went up and got it so shout out to him for making uh making those plays but i'm still you know proceeding with caution for the packers pass catchers and the receiving room in general um the chicago bears are a are a mess I think they're the one of the most overhyped teams in the league. Uh, Jordan Love played well against them, but I'd like to see if they could uh, repeat it for a second week. Yeah, the question needs to be answered of, uh, you know, are the Bears that terrible or are the Packers that good? And I think that that needs to be because I think yeah, bro, that a lot the, of that. The, the Packers... Bears, the Bears were favored in that game. I was like, goodness gracious, this, this Bears hype is the most ridiculous thing of all time. Yeah, I mean, the Justin Fields did not look good, Michael. Michael's he's been not very good. Michael, he stuck to his guns. I got to say, like, there was a time uh, last year on fantasy Twitter that if you said something bad about Justin Fields, now. Bro, I got blocked. Oh, Tim, come back, brother. Uh, Tim is going through some technical difficulties right now. I'm looking at his, if you're on YouTube, you're looking at his, uh, his bald head with his eyes closed and the mic here. Um, I guess I could continue 
discussing Justin Fields. What Tim was going to say was if you were watching Justin Fields, or if you said anything bad about Justin Fields on Twitter, or I guess you want to call it X now, over the past year or two, um, people came at you with pitchforks, said you don't know about football, you're not watching because his offensive line is terrible. His coaching staff is terrible. His receiving weapons are terrible. I actually got blocked um, by someone, too, because he got so mad at my uh, Justin Fields uh, Justin Fields slander, which I thought was uh, pretty hysterical. Um, but, yeah, Justin Fields week one had a, had a pretty horrific game, and I don't know what um, – what he's supposed to do to get better at this point. If like, if this is who he is week three, um, excuse me, week one of season three. Welcome back, Tim. I'm back. Sorry about that. I've just been talking about Justin Fields. I'm so Um, happy that Mike, that that didn't like just crap out. That was like, I I thought it just crapped out on both ends. I was so happy. I got so aggravated. I was like, I guess I'll just keep talking about Justin Fields while we look at Tim's bald head and closed eyes. But (laughs) Oh yeah, I did. It, I like. I was just frozen on the screen. You were frozen for a little bit, oh, but yeah, welcome okay, back. Okay. But yeah, sorry just, if that happens again. I was just, I was just finishing it off by saying Justin Fields' first game in season three being that bad is should be of major concern. Yeah, and, and shout out to Michael who like if you didn't like Justin Fields at this like around some like the off season. Before, I went through that. I went through that. We could we could skip over Justin Fields now. <laughs> well, I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. You stuck to your guns, and I respect that. All right, that's all I'm saying. All right, let's get to some more news. Austin Eckler didn't practice Thursday. Oh, boy. If you were one of the people who picked up Josh Kelly on the waiver wire, congratulations. You might have yourself an RB1. They also, under the radar yesterday, before um, even on Wednesday, they activated Jarrett Patterson. So it was written in the written in the cards or whatever that saying is written in the stars or, you know, in the cards. What's the saying? It was in the cards. Yeah, it was in the cards. Yeah, it was in the cards that uh, Austin Eckler was going to at least miss this game. But the fact that he's not Ah! practicing at all. Look, I don't know if he isn't. I don't know if he isn't going to play at the moment in my rankings. I have Austin Eckler as playing. And until we get to Sunday, until there's a a, a, like if he's not practicing tomorrow, I took him out of my rankings. You took him out of your rankings altogether. They activated Jared Patterson. He's not practicing on Thursday. I'm just going to assume he's out. The tea leaves are saying there, but I, I don't think we were in danger of. But again, I could always just add Eckler back to my rankings on Saturday. Right. And I mean, we're not we weren't in danger of ranking any of these players that are playing tonight, like Madison or Swift over Eckler. So it doesn't really matter in the rankings right now. Yeah. Um, but stay tuned for the rankings to see whether that. But I, I, just to just to, you know, put it out there for the people. If Austin Eckler does miss, how confident are you in Josh Kelly and what do you think that means for the offense as a whole because you know last uh, uh, last week Austin Eckler had his longest run of his entire career um, he was definitely a big part of the game he was doing Austin Eckler things but then he got hurt and Josh Kelly started getting more of a role had some success so how are you feeling about Josh Kelly the thing is with Josh Kelly is that he got 19 carries um, and a touchdown last week and 48% of snaps in a game where the Los Angeles Chargers lost like it was a close game the entire time they were not just uh putting Kelly in for mop-up work he was getting a lot of actual burn in the game and now Austin Eckler is expected to be out at this point um so Josh Kelly is going to have that backfield probably not to himself um but certainly um the majority of the backfield will be his 
which is certainly very nice in that offense because Kellen Moore decided he was going to run the offense through the running backs in week one. It is unfortunately a very difficult matchup against Tennessee. I would consider Kelly an RB1 if he was in a better matchup, but since he's playing Tennessee, who just stuffs the run over and over, um, but there is some pass catching appeal there as well, and he could find the end zone. I do think Josh Kelly is a pretty solid RB2 this week. Um, go moving on a little bit. Kendry Miller went back to practice and, you know, last week, if you go to the fantasy football, Breverwater app and our usage dashboard tool, where it tells you all the things you need to know, um, about their, uh, rushing percentage, Jamal, Jamal Williams played 75% of the snaps and he got 94.7% of the rushes. So all but one rush uh, went to Jamal Williams. The other went to Tony Jones. Kendry Miller will probably eat into a little bit of that, but even if he does, it won't make a difference. Uh, this doesn't worry me at all if I'm starting Jamal Williams early in the season. Yeah, um, Kendry Miller is a rookie who has dealt with injuries, so it's not like he's going to come back and steal half the work, or I'd be shocked if that was the case. And Jamal Williams, although he did not have a very productive day, he did have a uh, big um, opportunity day, which I think will happen once again in week two. So I like him this week again as an RB2 as well. Much better matchup uh, this week than last week. Uh, Darren Waller, the, the Titans are one of the best run defenses in the league for years now. You can't run yeah. on the Titans. You can pass on the Titans. You can't run on them. Uh, Darren Waller, uh, when asked whether or not his hamstring injury would limit him in week two, Waller said, nah, I'm playing, according to Jordan Ronan. Uh, so Waller says he's playing. Hamstring injuries, you know those soft tissue injuries. Uh, how are you feeling about Waller and this Giants offense that could not get a thing going against a very elite Cowboys defense? Yeah, apparently it's a, a nerve that is causing this issue, which does not sound good at all. Apparently it's going to be a lingering thing the entire season. This guy was already injury prone. And now you, you hear this and it's just, it's, it feels like a ticking time bomb to me. I, I would not be uh, happy with it. He's someone I'd be looking probably to, to trade if I have him. I agree. Uh, I wasn't a Waller guy in during the draft season. And this, this is really why it's just, this is just what happens with this guy every year. Um, it's unfortunate, but it is what it is. Uh, a little bit of Titans wide receiver news. DeAndre Hopkins did not practice Thursday, and Traylon Burks returned to practice on Thursday. This is two straight practices that DeAndre Hopkins is missing. This offense looked putrid with DeAndre Hopkins, but DeAndre Hopkins literally got so many targets uh, in this offense as I pull up on the fantasy football. 13, I believe it was. His exact target percentage. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins with 38.2% of the targets, 13 targets, followed by Nick Westbrook-Akine, who had himself a nice little like uh, middle of the game uh, at 20.6, and then Traylon Burks all the way down at 8.8%, which is a little surprising because Traylon Burks was on the field the most of all these receivers, 57 um, 57 snaps to 51 for Westbrook Akine and, and 49 for DeAndre Hopkins. So um, not Burks, earning those targets. Yeah, is, Burks just continues to disappoint after uh, trading A.J. Brown away to draft him. Looks It looks more and more like the Titans made a mistake there, but let's see. Maybe he could turn it around. Raheem Moser returned to practice on Thursday. He didn't get the the burn that you thought he got last week, uh, this week he's going up against the Patriots. Pretty good defense. One of the more elite defenses in the league. How are you feeling about Raheem Mostert? Is he worth the start in your flex? Yeah. I mean, as long as Jeff Wilson's still out, Devin, a chain might return. Um, but apparently it was just a, yesterday it was just a, you know, a rest day for the veteran because he's hurt 24 seven. So if he's playing, I still think he's a pretty solid low end RB two flex play. 
Mark Andrews practiced on Thursday. Uh, looks like he's going to play. This is the second straight practice. That's good news for the entire team. Uh, Zay Flowers really dominated target share. Obviously, Zay Flowers uh, is not going to dominate target share like that again if Mark Andrews is on the field. Um, but I think there is enough practice for both of these guys. I mean, there's not, enough to go around. Uh, yeah, I agree. And obviously, if you have Mark Andrews, you play him. Uh, Michael touched on this a little bit. Aaron Jones, hamstring, did not practice Thursday. Christian Watson with a hamstring, did not practice Thursday. These dang hamstring injuries, they linger and linger and linger and linger. If they don't go, it's going to be Romeo Dubs and Jaden Reed in Atlanta for for at the wide receiver position. And the stumbling, bumbling, slow man himself, A.J. Dillon, uh, in at running back for Green Bay. I mean, definitely some volume-based RB2 appeal, though, without Aaron Jones. Atlanta's a good defense, but definitely, yeah, definitely. I mean, that's just, you know, putting two and two together, but not exactly excited. Um, Cowboys beat writer Clarence Hill said that wide receiver Brandon Cooks is dealing with a sprained MCL. Clarence's oh parents have a real good marriage. Well, that was the one of the nerdiest things you've said in, in a while. Um, uh, so what do you think about this, this news? Like, obviously, Brandon Cooks on the wrong side of 30 at this point. Uh, Michael Gallup is waiting in the wings. How are you looking at Michael Gallup if if Cooks is out? Uh, they are playing the Jets, which is already a, an extremely tough matchup uh, for CeeDee Lamb and the boys. How are you feeling about Cooks? Um, well, one thing, I think everyone, like, people are out there, like, shook by the Cowboys' offense because they didn't do much in a game where they basically started 20 nothing for free. Like, what did you expect their offense to do that game? Like, chill out? Um like it was one game where they were up twenty zip with two special teams and defensive touchdowns in the first quarter. Like relax. <laughs> um, but now they get the Jets, and that is actually concerning. I expect a down week across the board. The Jets defense looked ridiculously good against the Bills um, on Monday, and there's no reason to think they won't be able to stop Dak Prescott and company. So I do think a down week is coming for the uh, for the Cowboys offense. Um, so he might be able to get some guys on the low. Um, like a Dak Prescott or a CD Lamb or a Tony Pollard if they have down weeks. But in terms of Brandon Cook, certainly not ideal for him. And uh, yeah, he's small, he's shifty, like his speed is what makes him him. So it's clearly not uh, something that is going to be like easy to come back from, it seems. A sprained MCL does not sound fun. Uh, another thing that doesn't sound fun is Deontay Johnson's hamstring injury. It's funny because Deontay Johnson says, I'm day-to-day. Huh. Uh, the doctors say he's at least four weeks. Um, and what it, from what it looked like on the field, at least four weeks sounds like uh, what it is. But this worries me because these damn fantasy settings, there has to be some way around this where the player it can't is, is ruled out for the game, and then you can put him on the IR. And then that player doesn't go on the actual IR. He goes back to doubtful. For the week, even though you know he's not going to play, but you can't pick up anyone until you put him back on the roster. It makes me crazy. I mean, if you're being like entirely accurate, if you're on IR, you should be in the IR slot. Nah, that's an that's an injury designated spot. Like if Deontay Johnson goes from out to doubtful to out to doubtful to out to doubtful the next three games because they don't want him to miss four games because that's the minimum for an IR stint. Let's not forget, there used to be a two-game IR stint back in the day. They got rid of that. That's before now. That made more sense when it was a two-game two IR stint. 
Now it doesn't make any sense. Now it's just four weeks of of having to decide what I'm going to do with Deontay Johnson. It's frustrating. I have him on literally almost all my teams. Well, that's your fault for drafting Deontay Johnson and all your teams. Yo, do you know Deontay Johnson was heading for a good game, and he would be heading for a good season. This I game. mean, I just I just avoided all Steelers offensive players. So, uh, I don't know what this is worth, but whatever. Uh, Patriots beat writer Andrew Callahan says that multiple team sources believe that Juju Smith-Schuster is not presently among the team's five most effective pass catchers. Sounds yeah, ridiculous to me. I don't know what that means. Yeah. Who's he worse than fucking Tyquan Thornton? Sure. Uh, Greg Dulcich looks like he's going to miss the game. Uh, did not participate in practice on Wednesday or Thursday. A uh, question for you. Are you at all interested in uh, the Troutman experience? Uh, in tight end premium leagues, maybe. Um, tight end, two tight end leagues, maybe. Um, more of a wait and see approach, though. He did have five catches last week, but the, but the um, Broncos offense still looked miserable. All right. Well, I think that'll do it for the news section. Uh, Again, if you want to hear the entirety of this episode, please go over to patreon.com slash Broto Fantasy. For the entire episode, we have our three. Well, it's going to be a lot of quick maths. Yeah, uh, there's going to be a lot of um, storylines that we're buying into after week one storylines that we are selling after week one. And then. our rankings, and, of course, the mailbag. So with that being said, peace out for this week. We will see you over at patreon.com slash Fantasy. or, oh, also, if you want these things to go straight to your feed, Spotify, um, Apple Podcasts, all you have to do is go to Patreon, and they make it very simple. Right on the homepage, if you go on the mobile, it says add add to uh, your podcast on the, on the bottom. It's right there. You could click on it. They give you a code. It's all good. Right. So it goes right. It goes to your um, phone like you wouldn't know. But we put a light blue behind it rather than a dark blue behind it so that you can differentiate it from the patron pod. And really, wow. Besides that, you're not gonna be able to tell the difference on on your Spotify. All right. So with that being said, we're out of here. See you over there. Peace. Later.